want to share with you and I want you to be prepared because many of you will have heard this story many times. So I want to, I won't use the word challenge, but I want to encourage you to not tune out and go, I've heard this before. Yeah, I know how this ends. I know what this is about. Because I feel like God has a fresh word on this. Okay, so I want you to stay with me because I feel like God is going to minister to each of us in a different way um, if we stay tuned in. Okay, so actually I'm going to pray for us to tune our hearts and our ears and our spiritual awareness for God to speak to us. God, I just thank you that you are faithful to all you've made. And I thank you that you are here present with us right now. Lord, we ask that, um, well, I ask, as I bring this word that I believe you've given me, God, that you will keep all of us attuned to your spirit, that our spirits will be ready to receive what you have for us, that we will not let anything step into the way of receiving from you today. Thank you that you are a supernatural God who brings truth and light into every situation. So I pray for revelation for each of us in this time. Thank you, Lord. Mm, thank you, Lord. Okay, so I Dave was going to put it on the screen, but I'm not sure if he did get it in there. Did you get the, the scripture passage? No, you didn't. Yeah. Oh, you did. Sorry. I apologise. Should have just said, Emma, could you please put up the screen? Okay, this story is only recorded in John's Gospel, right? So this is John 2, 1 to 11. I'm going to read it off this, actually, because I might have a different version. So on the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. Who doesn't love a good wedding? Come on, we all love a good wedding, right? So when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me, Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. <laughs> Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. I had to look that up. That's about 75 to 100 litres. Okay, they're big. They're not just little tiny pots like this. Um, Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realise where it had come from, though. Oh, sorry, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and he said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. It's such a great story. Such a great story. There's so much truth in this story, so much for us to dig into. But I feel like God's given me just a couple of things to really hone in on with this. So firstly, I want us to... Actually, Emma, could you just go back to that first slide, please? The first thing that's fascinating is on the third day. Four words, on the third day. What else happened on the third day? 
Jesus rose again from the dead. I mean, it was, that is like, that's the crux of it for us, that he rose again. He died, but if he stayed dead, it would not mean anything to us. But he rose on the third day. So this wedding, this passage starts on the third day. That's huge. It's like there is this beautiful cross connection in scripture where this is poetry and God, what God is doing is not isolated from every other time. It's, they're all linked up. So we are supposed to pay attention to that. That's not in there for, for you know, just for whatever's. This shows that God is interested in the details. He's interested in linking the story. He's interested in us paying attention to what he's doing on the third day. I love that. So let's not, let's not, when we're reading scripture, it is very easy, like I was saying, to read this story and go, yeah, I've heard this 500 times before. I know what happens. But actually, when we pay attention to the details, God speaks in that space. So on the third day, we, they did not know then, the disciples, that the next time they might be thinking about on the third day, that they would be in mourning for their dear friend Jesus. They didn't know that. They're at this wedding with Jesus. They're getting to know, they've got to know him. They don't really know what's coming. They don't really know what's coming. They don't know what's going to hit them. <laughs> but imagine three years' time. On the third day, they were in mourning, but they were going to be rejoicing. That's so cool. Then there is the mother. Now, being a mother myself, I love Mary. I love Mary. She is, I am hanging out to hang out with Mary. <laughs> I think she, um, I'm not putting her above Jesus. I'm not going Catholic. It's okay. Just, just go with me. I just let's stop and think about Mary, who she is as a person. She, at a very young age, was visited by an angel who was telling her that her life was going to be turned upside down. That doesn't happen to everybody. And she carried it with such grace and truth. Even though there would have been rumours and all sorts of shame around it, what happened, becoming pregnant to a man you're not married to, I mean, that's horrendous in those days. It was just like massive shame. And yet when she was visited by the angel, I'm going to read it to you. I, don't think, I didn't put it in there. Um, in Luke 1, it says this. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come down to you and God's power will come over you. I mean, even that was probably a bit like, really? What, what does that look like? So your child will be called the Holy Son of God. Your relative Elizabeth is also going to have a son, even though she is old. No one thought she could ever have a baby, but in three months she will have a son. Nothing is impossible for God. And listen to what Mary said. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it happen as you have said. And the angel left her. Now, if you just think about those words, let it be as you have said. How many times do we feel God says something to us and we go, ah, not ready for that, don't want that, run the other way? Mary's heart was so softened 
to God. The Spirit of God spoke to her. And she said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be as you've said. That is such a beautiful heart attitude. So this woman, so I have a lot of respect for this woman. I'm hoping that we can have a cup of tea in heaven. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I mean, she may not drink tea. I don't know. Anyway, so she's had 33 years. What's that? Oh, she drinks wine. Yeah, she does drink wine. That's true. Well, we can have a wine then maybe. She's had 33 years to get to know Jesus. He's her son. He's the son of God. Wow. When the angel, when the angel visited her, he's telling her, this son that you are going to have, that you're going to conceive by the Holy Spirit, is going to do amazing things. She has 33 years to watch that, watch this little boy grow, thinking, what is his life going to look like? So when she's at this party, she knows he's the son of God. She knows God has something on his life. God, the father is looking after this young man. He's got things to do for the kingdom. So she knew, she knew that he was the son of God on earth to glorify the Father. She might not have had the framework, to the language around that, but she knew that he was the Son of God called to do outstanding things. So I often get a bit stuck on the response. Um, we always get a bit stuck on that response, don't we? It feels like Jesus is like, I mean, I even read it a bit like it was a bit of an attitude, and I'm like, Jesus possibly didn't say it like I just said it. But... Woman, why do you involve me? She's like, come on, Jesus, you've got this. And he's like, hang on a minute. This is not my time. It's not my time. And yet, is he listening to the Father? At the same time, as he's talking to her, he is open to the Father speaking to him. Later in John 5.19, Jesus said of himself, very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees the father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son does also. So I'm wondering if this, in this moment, we don't get to see, we don't get to read this, so I'm not adding to scripture. I'm just, sometimes we have to use our imagination because we get one line. And we have to think, okay, what did that look like? Did he say, woman, this isn't my time yet. I'm here to glorify the Father. And is the Father saying, actually, you know what? This could be the time. Maybe this is the time. Because Jesus, Jesus changes tack there. Now, I wasn't there, and we don't get given that. But I think, why did he change his mind when he's saying, this is not my time? I believe the Father whispered to him and said, actually... I want to do something here that is outstanding, that is going to set you on course now for what's coming. I find it so reassuring. I don't know if you find this reassuring. But there is a kind of peace that comes when I think that Jesus is communing with the Father and the Spirit. And the three of them together in unity, as one God but three persons, know what they're doing. 
Does that bring you some kind of reassurance, or am I the only one? I'm like, that is amazing. God is a triune God. He is one God, and yet there are three of him, three parts to him. And I just love that Jesus is saying, I'm not going to do anything unless the Father is showing me and telling me. I find that reassuring. So we've had, what did I start with? Sorry. So I had the day on the third day. Then we had number two, Mary, who I think was playing her part in this because it's in there for a reason. Then we have number three, the jars. So these jars, six jars, 100 litres, that's a lot of water, right? 100 litres in one jar, that's big. So these ceremonial jars that they had were for purification. Okay, They had them at Jewish festivals, Jewish um, gatherings, obviously weddings, and they were for people to wash the outside of themselves. It was for purification, to make themselves clean. And it was, a, it was like a ritual. That was Jewish custom. So these ceremonial jars were there, although these ones were obviously empty. Jesus was completely countercultural. Completely countercultural. He <laughs> He took that, those containers that were for ceremonial washing for the outside of the body and he did something that created space for them to be filled with something that was going to be inside people's body with that wine was going to be drunk isn't that cool the water was used for the outside washing but Jesus turned it on its head and he's like I'm going to fill those with something that is going to go internal that is Jesus' heart for all of us. He doesn't just want to wash us clean here. It's internal. internal. Internal change. This is what Jesus came to do. He came to purify us so we could be reconciled to the Father through his sacrifice. Isn't that beautiful? He came to reconcile us to the Father through his sacrifice. And we sang about it all afternoon Love, grace, freedom. Love, grace and freedom. So let's think about those jars for a minute. Am I like those jars? Are you like those jars? Are we ready and willing to be filled up for Jesus to do a miracle in us and through us? I want to be like one of those jars. Because there was a miracle that happened in those jars. (laughs) Number four, the wine. Now, I want to say this one thing, and I really want you to hear this. Because I want us to really own this. Jesus can turn things that look like they will always be the same into something extraordinary and extravagant. Absolutely. Let me read it again. Jesus can turn things that look like they will always be the same into something extraordinary and extravagant. This is what this story says to me. That Jesus takes six empty jars because he wants to do something that shows 
that glorifies the Father. And actually, the, to honour the people that he's there with. I think there was part of that as well. Now, there's nothing, to be, nothing wrong with water, okay? If the jars were filled with water and the people had to drink water, nothing wrong with water. It's great. We should drink more. I should drink more. <laughs> you might drink a lot. I don't know. But we've been talking about H2O. So if you've been here with us for the last however many weeks... Um, We've been talking about H2O and staying thirsty for righteousness. Staying thirsty. Righteousness, personal holiness, empowered by God's spirit in us, in our hearts. So the H, I should test you actually, let's see. Beautiful. One of the the H's is hub. One of the H's is health. And And the O is outreach. Beautiful, I love it. This is good. So H2O, which is really... Interesting that we're talking about water being turned into wine. Um, health, we're believing for emotional, physical, spiritual health. Not just for us, but for our community. This is why testimonies are important. Because they actually stir up our faith to say, God does move. God works. God cares. God is powerful enough to change pain that is 6 out of 10 to 0 out of 10. That is the God we serve. So that's health. Hub, a space for us to bring love and power of Jesus to our community. That's wherever we go, and it might be a space as well, but that's what we're believing for. And outreach, to do the stuff Jesus asks us to do, is what I've put there. <laughs> to do the stuff that Jesus asks us to do. So back to the water wedding. There was no more wine. Has anyone been to a wedding where they've run out of wine? I don't think I've ever had that happen, so I don't know. Oh, you have. <laughs> So, I mean, from what I gather, culturally, that's not what you want to have happen. The wine runs out. And I think it's fascinating that they brought out the rubbish wine when nobody can tell the difference anymore. (laughs) It's a little bit worrying, but... um, Do you know what Jesus did? Because this is where I say we sometimes skim over this. And we've re- who's read this story more than three times? Put your hand up if you've read it more than three times. Okay. So there's a lot of us that know this story. Have you thought about what it takes to change the structure of water into the structure of wine? We, I think we sometimes think that Jesus just kind of went, which he did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can't picture saying Jesus saying Shazam, but yeah, I think we don't think about actually what the miracle was. I mean, there's a lot in it. But let me read you this. This blew my mind. I'm going to read this to you. This is a doctor that studied this. So water, H2O, is hydrogen and oxygen. I don't remember that from school. I just read it. <laughs> I was rubbish at whatever that is in science. But Dr. Chemistry, yeah, see, I wouldn't even know. I was like, is it physics? I don't know. Um, Dr. Cliff Lewis says this. At a molecular level, the water, basically hydrogen and oxygen, was changed into wine that contains sugars, yeast and water, which contain carbon and nitrogen along with oxygen and hydrogen. Thus, by changing water into wine, Jesus demonstrated his authority over even the atomic structure of atoms by commanding hydrogen and oxygen oxygen atoms to disassemble and reform 
into other atoms of different configurations. Isn't that mind-blowing? This is what I mean. We don't stop and go, wow, Jesus, what did you actually do there? That, but when I read that, I was like, oh, my gosh. Jesus, let me never just think that you just went, whatever. He commanded water, the structure of water, to change into another structure of wine. That's powerful. Now, if he does that at a wedding for some people who've run out of wine, what is he going to do for you? What is he going to do for you who he loves so deeply and so much? This is, what we're, this is where our faith, we stir up our faith and say, okay, Jesus, you are not changed. You are the same as the Jesus that walked this planet. So if he can speak molecules and atoms to change in a moment, what can he do for you? If you think about good wine, it takes a long time to process it. Okay, they pick the grapes. Dave actually went and worked at a vineyard and picked grapes last year and the year before. It's quite a process, right? The, the clipping off of all the grapes off the, off the vine, that's weeks that they take to do that. And they have to work it out exactly to temperature. So if they leave it on, if it gets too hot and they leave it on for too long, the grapes are ruined. If you pull them off too early, they don't get the flavour that you want. It's quite, that's even just picking the grapes. Then you have to get them all mushed up, whatever it is they do. I don't know if anybody stamps on them anymore, but maybe they do. Um, but they have to get crushed down. Then they, get, you know, they sit and they preserve and they ferment so that we can all just have a nice glass of wine. It takes ages and ages and ages. Jesus did that in a moment. Jesus did that in a moment. So I want to encourage you that if you've got something that you are believing God for and you haven't seen the breakthrough yet, I want to say do not give up. Jesus can change in a moment something that looks like it should take years. Okay? Some of you have been pressing in for some things for years. Jesus is not a tooth fairy. Let's not, let's not go with that thing of, okay, Jesus, you can just do it. But let's see, this is the God we serve. This is the God we love who cares deeply. He is powerful. And he can shift something that should take years and make it happen in a moment. That is very cool. And we should be very excited about that. I'm excited about that. Who's excited about that? Yes, exactly. I'm glad you're with me. So, um, this is the thing we need to remember, though. And I'm going to steal this again from Brooke. His will, his way, his time. His will, his way, his time. Which I think is reflected in that story. Where Mary is saying, Jesus, come on. He's like, hang on, it's not my time yet. But actually, the father had a will to do something miraculous and start Jesus' ministry off. So if his part, if his part is to do the miracles, what is our part? 
What is our part? Our part is to believe and to ask. Nothing changes otherwise. And trust him to do what only he can do. Trust him to do what only he can do. God can show up in ways we don't expect or work something out in our lives that we could not have imagined. I reckon everybody in this room has got a story of some kind, whether it's big or small, where we've seen God do something that we did not imagine, that we could not have believed that he would do. And it's good for us to remember those things, but we don't have to stay back there because God is continuing to work, continuing to change us, continuing to transform this world. So I want to take a moment because we actually have communion over there. And at the Last Supper, Jesus and the disciples were drinking wine. And Jesus is sitting with his friends. And he is saying to them, this is what's going to happen. And they were really struggling to understand what he was telling them. And they have seen three years of these kind of miracles. They've seen three years of Jesus do outstanding things. And now he's telling them, I'm going to go away. I mean, they were probably grieving big time as they were having this meal and they're trying to understand it. But he used the wine that they were drinking to represent the blood that was going to be spilt for us. Wine plays a very significant part. And it's not because of wine's sake, but because it was something in the day that actually they could all relate to. But his blood can purify us, make us clean on the inside. So that water at those celebrations were used to purify the outside. But Jesus has come to purify us on the inside. So we're going to just, I want us to reflect on that for a moment. Reflect on... What God did in that moment. The Father was glorified in that moment. I want us to reflect on how the Father is glorified in our life as we follow Jesus. And how Jesus, as we let Jesus do what Jesus does, how the Father is glorified in that space. So I want us to just take a moment and then I want you to just go and help yourself to... Um, the bread and the wine, and then just come back to your seat and we're just going to take a moment to actually reflect on that and ask the Lord to show us in what I've shared with you today what it is that he wants you to walk out of that door with. Because every single one of you in this room, there is something for you in that story. There is something for you today. This is living and active word of God that cuts through, that changes and so I want us just to take a moment to reflect and ask the Lord, what are you saying to me? What do you want me to walk out of that door with and take into the week with me? So maybe, Dave, can you maybe put on some, just a bit of music? So I want you to, please don't cut through here because there's way too many wires. I don't want anyone going on their face. But if you want to just walk around there and grab some communion, bring it back to your seat and then just take a moment and... Um, Ha, ha, ha.
I was just about to say, Aaron Dennis, I just said don't walk that way. <laughs> yeah, and then just let's just reflect for a few minutes. Your grace.
Thank you, Lord. It's good just to take a moment, isn't it? It's good to take a moment and reflect. And I know sometimes we can have communion and it feels a bit sombre, and that's not a bad thing. But it is something to celebrate. But Jesus died and rose again on the third day he rose again. That was a miracle. Jesus is God of miracles. And I think, um, so I really want you to just have a think about this week. Um, actually, I want to encourage you to read the story and see what else God pulls out of it for you. But let us be people who believe that Jesus in our lives and those lives around us can speak and change things like he did that wine. He changed, changed the whole molecular structure of that, that water to do something that actually, because he made no song and dance about that. There were only a few people that actually knew that happened. He didn't parade around and say, hey, look what I did. Hardly anybody actually knew that what happened. But the story is shared with us because Jesus did a miracle that actually honoured the host, and glorified God in the process. That's very cool. And I want to live a life, I want to live a life where I believe and have faith for God to do those things. And I know I said I want to be like one of those jars, I don't really want to be a jar, but (laughs) the jars were there willing to be filled up. Willing to be filled up for the miracle to take place. And I want to be like that jar. Mm. So yeah, I want to just encourage you. Go home and read that story again. Ask the Lord to show you what there is in there for you. You might see something else that I haven't seen. Like I said, it's, there's a lot in there. There's a lot of symbolism. There's a lot of prophetic um, wording in there about what's coming. But just ask the Lord. But let's believe and expect. We serve a God of the miraculous, don't we? We serve a God of the miraculous. And I want us to be a group of people. If we have a place, let's just run with this a little bit. If we have a hub, when we have a hub, let's speak faith. (laughs) When we have a hub, I want that to be a place where people say, I am going there. I'm going to that place for a coffee or whatever it is we do there because I know that people that walk in that door something changes that's what we want right that is what we want and it's not for us it is to glorify God because that is him showing off and he's allowed to show off (laughs) but that's I mean there's no point in us having somewhere where lives aren't changed we don't want to have just a play another place to meet We want to have a place where God steps in and goes, I will transform this. I will transform this life from water into wine. That's what we want. So thank you, Lord. We believe that you are a great God. You are a powerful God. You are a majestic God. Jesus, we thank you that at this wedding, you showed us your power. You glorified the Father and you honoured the people that you were um, doing life with there that no one was embarrassed. And Lord, I just thank you that you 
continue to do the same today. And we want to be people who are ready to be moved by you, to trust you, to believe you, to see you do the miraculous in this community. In Jesus' name. Amen. Actually, oh. Just hang on there, yeah. Oh, Maria. Oh, we are so sad. Oh, we have loved having you with us. Oh, good. Okay, eventually. Okay, good. That's one. We have loved having you with us. You've become, well, you are a sister. You are a sister. Maria's been coming for, oh, how long? Is it three months you've been here? A few months. And this is the beauty of relationship, where we just gel because we have a heart that's connected to Jesus and we're connected to each other. So we bless you as you go back to Tassie. Dave and I might come visit you. <laughs> yeah, everyone, we're going to Next road trip to Tassie. What do you reckon? <laughs> Next church camp is at Maria's place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next church camp in Tassie. That's a great idea. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you. Bless you. It's been wonderful to have you with us. Yeah, we loved it. We loved it. It's very, very cool. Thank you. Actually, can I just ask Brooke to come up? She does have one testimony that's not about her, but this is, again, giving glory to God changing lives. Do you want to use Aaron's? Um, So some of you have been praying for my brother, and uh, I just wanted to share a little bit about some of the breakthrough that's been going on. So I shared several weeks ago that my brother is a Satanist, has been for the last 20 years. And, you know, I had to repent because I didn't believe that, you know, God could do miracles with him in this, in this season, like that I could see. And I just said, you know what, Lord, I just, I just want to see it. I want to see him know Jesus. I, you've made us a promise in our family that he will know him. And we were just holding on. We're like, well, maybe when we die, you know, we didn't know. So I was like, no, I want to see this come to pass. Anyway. Some of you have been praying for him. His name is Caleb. And, uh, and my mom called me about three weeks ago and said, or two weeks ago and said, I was up visiting Caleb and I had the opportunity to share with him how much I loved him. And the reason why he became a Satanist initially was because a teacher had told him that my mom had told, said he was the devil's child. And he said, well, if that's the case, I'll become it. When he was eight. So yeah. he actually, it, 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 it our words mean something, yeah. right? And, and that put a seed in his heart that he then, um, the enemy fanned into flame and used to grow trees that would basically produce bad fruit. Anyway, um, and so she just said, you know, I sat with him and usually he mocks her. Like he, he, just, he just mocks us. But this time he, he just sat there and she said, I put my hand on his, on, his, on his arm and I just said, you know, I love you more than anybody else in this world. You know, you are the most important man to me. He's, he's the only male, like, he's my only brother. And, uh, and, and she just said, he didn't mock at me. He didn't, he just, he said nothing. He just, she said, it's kind of like you love your animals. You know, he says, well, I wouldn't love them if they didn't give me love. And she says, yeah, but I would still love you even if you don't give me love. And he says, I just don't understand that. Anyway, they went away. And then uh, a week later, he called my mom. And he said, Mom, I don't remember anything about my childhood. Oh, yeah. I have no pictures. I have no nothing of when I was young. Um, I'd really like to know who I was. 
And so Wednesday, this Wednesday, my mom's going to meet him. So that's our Thursday. But um, she's going to meet him and spend the morning with him and taking photos of when he was young. And we're just praying for breakthroughs. So if you yeah, can, wow. I just rejoice. Thank you for your prayers. It's moving yeah, mountains. Good. Thank you, Lord. In my family. Yeah. But let's just keep praying for him. So, um, yeah. And I just praise Jesus. That's amazing. That's very, very cool. Love that. That's good. Yeah. I just want to pray too quick. I'm just sitting there and I'm like, you know what? There's been a lot clearly today that's obviously been happening to me in the last 24 hours. But um, if any of you, I just want to pray for us as a community, if you don't mind. Um, Because like Caroline said, the same God who is working in my life and is working in wine and is working, you know, that we're hearing testimonies of. I mean, there's other people that got healed there um, last night. And he's working all over Port Macquarie. It's not just in this church. It's not just in our people. And there's such a beautiful spirit there where... The pastor got up and actually repented in front of everybody about something he had held against another church. And he actually humbled himself in front of everybody and, and, and honored, honored the group that was there and the pastors. And they prayed the whole weekend and just said, you know, it's not about Grace Church. It's about the, the church of Port Macquarie. Yeah, it's good. about the church in Port Macquarie transforming the lives of the people in Port Macquarie yeah. with the, the good news of Jesus Christ and the power um, yeah, of Jesus good. Christ. So um, not in our own power, not in our own authority, but because Jesus Christ has done it all, right? And we just yeah. get to be his hands and feet and love them. So yeah. I just Can I just want to pray over you that if there's anything mm. you're asking for, like Caroline said, that you've been waiting on and longing on, I just want to pray for the fruition of that. Mm, okay. Okay? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Father, we just, Thank you, we just praise you because you are such a good God. And even though we don't feel it all the time or don't recognize it in the middle of deep trial, you promise, like, you cannot disown yourself. And so you promise to have your glory in mind and our best interest in mind. And I just thank you for that, Lord. And, and we don't know what's in everybody's heart, but you do. We don't know what's in everybody's mind, but you do. Lord, and we hear stories all the time of just people saying yes to you and engaging you and saying, Lord, I'm willing. And you just transforming them where they stand, whether that's in worship, whether that's whether they're driving home from work, whether that's, you know, sitting, reading a book to their children. Father, you have the ability to work anywhere, anytime, anyplace. Yes. Father, and so whatever's on the hearts of people, whatever they asked for and they reflected on in communion today that said, Lord, what are the things that are in me that I don't believe that I think you may be holding from me or that I don't believe you're capable of doing, Lord? We just repent of those things, of our unbelief right now. And we just say, you are the God who can do those things. And you are the God who will do those things. And you are the God who is so fiercely chasing down everybody in Port Macquarie so that they would know you and share eternity with you in heaven. And so, Father, we just just ask for the fulfillment. Lord, in obedience, we ask for the fulfillment of the things on our hearts today. We ask that the Holy Spirit would invade us yeah. Lord, that it would rem- that He would remove the things in us that just stop us from from receiving from You the things that You have for us, Lord. And we just we cancel any curse, we cancel any words that have been spoken that have put seeds in our hearts that are not of You, mm. Lord. That have that have any addiction, Lord. We just say, be gone in Jesus' name. Father, we say um, any mental illness be gone in Jesus' name. Lord, cancer cells be gone in Jesus' name. Or we say any um, neurological diseases or any of that, so be gone in Jesus' name. Lord, we just, any, any, any injury to limbs, 
Lord, any injury to ligaments, tendons, nerves, she's, bring it, Lord, just any of that stuff. We just say be gone in Jesus' name. Any inflammation, be gone in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are the God of the miraculous, and you are the God who knows our bodies, and so we we do call on the God who changes molecular structures immediately. Yes. We call on that God, and we say, Lord, we're here, and we're willing, and we want to change this place for you. We want want to seek your kingdom first, and let your glory be manifest here. And so we, we say yes to what you're going to do. Yeah. And Father, grant us the courage to walk in obedience to the yes that you've given us. In yes. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Brooke. That's so good. I think we're going to sing a song about how God can make a way. <laughs>